is going down in Chancellor Park. Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Take Two Radio Soaps in Review. I'm Pam, your host, and most of the gang is here today. Hello, Anthony. Hello, David. Hello, Carolyn. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello Pamela. Let's send some well wishes to Candace, who can't make it this evening yeah. due to some family tragedy. We love you, girl, and we'll see you in two weeks. Definitely, definitely. You take care, boo. We miss you, but we gotcha. So tonight, it's going to be a little bit different. We usually start off with an interview, but we're going to start talking about the soaps. And then at 7.30 Eastern, we're going to have the wonderful Courtney Hope from The Bold and the Beautiful join us. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. Vivacious, vulnerable, vixen. All those V words that we can use to describe the beautiful Courtney. I'm telling you, you could put so many adjectives with her. <laughs> and they're Striking. all good ones, so <laughs> And now she can her newest claim to play, to fame is Price is Right Girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's cute. God, she's adorable. I, they have a lot of fun doing that. Oh, boy. And there goes the dog. Oh, Yorkie, Yorkie, Yorkie. Yep, yep. Hold on one, one second. Well, you guys can start with the bold. Hold on. Okay, so we are going to start with bold and the beautiful this evening. And... It seems like there is trouble on the horizon. Well, there's, forget the horizon. There's trouble right in town for Bridge and Rook. Uh, Bridge and Rook, okay. Let's reset that one more time. There is trouble right now for Ridge and Brook in the form of children and in the form of a very dastardly Shauna. It's is she really that dastardly, though? Isn't she, David? Uh, well, yeah, she, she is. Called, uh, she <laughs> called Brooke um, on everything. I mean, she's not all wrong about She's not Brooke. all wrong, but she's definitely not right in her approaches. No, not in her approaches. But, uh, always you know, everybody's something. done something. Yeah, but Shauna's always up to something. She doesn't do things, call people out for their own good. She's got something behind that. She wants Ridge. And Thomas wants to make sure she gets her. 
Absolutely. Well, it seems that there's no fallout as of yet for all of Thomas's bad behavior. There, the storyline just keeps taking these interesting twists and turns. And quite honestly, a lot of the chatter online is in favor, the favor that I kind of feel. Let's keep it going. He's interesting. He um, is a heck of an actor. So for as long as you can keep twisting it without having him pay the consequences, we're, we all seem to be pretty good with it. Pam, do you agree? Uh, yes and no. I'm kind of getting bored with it, to tell you the truth. I, I We need something fresh and new. Um, you know, and that goes for, although, believe me, Heather Tom knocks these, these scenes out of the park. Don't get me wrong. Yes, she does. She's a wonderful, great actress. But why is she always in the hospital getting new parts? Well, you know, it's well, been three years since she's had an Emmy, three or four at this point. So, you know, I think they're gearing up. Well, let's just transplant another organ in her body and boom, we'll come home with the gold. Seriously. It's not uncommon either that this happens. I mean, it's. Um, where the where the um medicine that they've been taking to keep her heart going affects her kidney, so that's not an uncommon factor. So nothing's really I being thrown out of the water. I get it, but especially I guess when my, you combine that with my, alcohol, you know, she did have a nice little stint, uh, you yeah. know, in the bottle. Yeah, she right. did. And I and I get that you know that it's it's based on real life problems that transplant people go through, but I guess what I have a problem with is that there is nobody in Soapland that didn't know that Flo was going to be a match. I mean that was just why couldn't it be somebody like you least expected, you know, to make it more exciting. And, you know, no one wanted to approach her for it either. Right. That's another thing. Nobody even thought of Flo. Even though they're mad at her, she's still related to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there has to be there has to be drama and there has to be a way to, you know, wring out every scene that they possibly can for this situation. Um you know, and especially since they're shifting the focus for a little while and kind of taking it off, you know, Liam Hope Steffi and letting some other storylines play out. So, you know, they had to ring, ring it out, have everybody and anybody talk about it and wonder about it, and then boom, you know, flows the mystery donor. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I don't know. I, I need more excitement. <laughs> I just... I'm like, okay, yeah, we know it's going to be slow. <laughs> you know, that's it. How else is she going to redeem herself and get back in with the family? Because you know darn well that Sean is not going to keep that a secret. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's going to be her bargaining chip. That's going to be her, mm-hmm. you know, her vix to handle to hang over, uh, you know, both Brooke and Quinn. Um, right. You know. Yeah. You know, on another note. Um, sadly, it's been reported. I'm pretty sure that it's true, although Bowles has not confirmed it itself, that Vincent Irizarry's stint is already up. 
What? Yep. He oh, filmed no, his no, last no, scenes. No. I haven't seen it yet. He popped in the other day. His? Yeah. Did was that his last scene? No, he said there's a few more scenes. He's got um, two or three more episodes that will air. And um, as of right now, they're basically done with the character, which, I mean, you have a man like Vincent Irizarry. You have Brooke, who's about to be single again. You have Shona, who's hot, hot, hot. As much as I don't like the character, she is hot, hot, hot. You know, you have Katie, who needs, you know, who needs a man that's a little bit more responsible than Dollar Bill. Uh, you know, they could have had him. They could have had him busy for years. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't I, get it. If anyone from Days is listening, uh, if anyone from Bold is listening this evening, please, please reconsider and bring this man back. He seems oh, more electric. Mm-hmm. His scenes were so electric. Oh my gosh, I'm sad to hear that. I really no, I explanation. Just... no explanation. No explanation why. That was fast. No, well, just that the character was probably just... course for now. Right. I was going to say he was probably hired just for, you know, a short time, and that was it. But, of course, we didn't know that. Um, and that's, you know, that's what happens on soaps. Which, you know, but... I give them kudos for it. It's great stunt casting, you know, since that ended up being the case. You know, we all immediately thought you're not going to stunt cast with somebody like Vincent Arizari. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, you know, sometimes it happens. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't, see, I didn't see Vincent say that. Of course, I haven't really been on social media too much lately the last few days because I'm not feeling well. But... Uh, um, Vincent, we're here for you. We're rooting for you. We want you working. <laughs> and if it's if it's not on bold, you know, get you on somewhere else. I've always said I'd love to see him on GH. So, GH, here's your chance. Was it on Twitter or was it on Instagram? What, uh, where did you see it? It was on Twitter and Facebook. Um, again, oh, Bowles is not too. confirmed, so you know this might also be you know red herring stunt, um, mm-hmm. you know tweeting. Well, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of that going on <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, get everybody's you know, attention. If, if if you look at some of these, you know, spoilers, spoiler alerts, and oh, then you watch, yeah. and three days later they're completely reversing their positions. Um, you yeah. know, the biggest glaring one the other day was uh, the Ava and Ryan scenes, you know, and, and like, and that she was going there to, to give into her evil side and plot to, to, to help him escape. I, when I was reading it, I was like, are you, whoever's writing this, are you insane? Are you absolutely insane? Yeah. But, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I don't really, Pam, is there anything else interesting going on at, at Bold right now? Not that I'm aware of, um, <laughs> David. Uh, let me think back. Well, well, I, I have one thing to say about that sweet little boy who plays Douglas and Brooke. 
Go on. Okay. It, is, it is not her place to say where Douglas belongs. To well, say no, that he, he belongs he in her place. What? She wouldn't be Brooke if she stayed in her place, you know. Brooke's <laughs> always been in everybody's I, business. I know. Well, I agree and I don't agree with it because she is his grandmother. And she's looking out for his best interest, knowing how off the wall Thomas is. You can't give that boy back to Thomas right now. Yeah. And he is happy. He is happy with Liam and and Hope. And Hope. He is happy there. And in a way, Rich sees it and says, they have their family. But the thing is, Ridge has to step up more and take charge on, unless Taylor comes back, because I think I'm I think I'm reading it like Ridge sees it, and it's really not her place. It doesn't seem like her place to say where where Douglas belongs because he doesn't. He's not yeah, but I related. I look at it this way, too. If she's part of the family, she's related to him and looking out for his best interests, I think myself, if one of my G-kids needed help, like Douglas does, you're darn right I'd be spouting off and, and giving my opinion and, and trying to help that child. In an Italian family, you don't need to be a grandmother or a grandfather. You can be an aunt and uncle, yeah. a cousin. You can be right. three sons from right. If you've got an opinion, it's going to be heard. Right. Yeah, well, I totally agree. I guess agree. we should move along to Genoa City, where um, well, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. The very first thing what? I want to say about Genoa City is Victoria throwing that envelope opener at Victor's portrait. Oh, I love and that. And then him, then him coming into work and seeing it, <laughs> his face was priceless. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Not quite as awesome as the high heel shoe going through Stephanie's portrait, but yes, I absolutely loved it <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good because it was great to see Victoria get that mad and finally make a decision that she's going to fight for her right to be CEO um, and, you know, tell Victor what's for. Uh, she did that yesterday because I didn't see today's, but yesterday she laid into Victor and she told him either I'm CEO or I'm going to start my own company, and I'm coming after Again. you. <laughs> well, yeah, but he gave in to her. No, and, and I think that's what he wanted. Point. Yeah, he wanted to see some spitfire. He wanted to see the Newman mm-hmm. come out in her. You know, and kudos, you know, kudos for her, the writing team, of course, for not taking the Abbott offer. Um to me personally, the whole interplay between Kyle and Billy was just like base, like useless. There was no point to it. Um, 
but kudos, you know, for them not going in that direction. Definitely, uh, definitely. That, that's just a story that has been recycled how many times? It can't mm-hmm. be told any differently. There's no more, there's nothing fresh about that. So when that started to come up, I was like, oh, no, Josh, no, no, no. And then I was like, right. thank you. Right. Um, oh, I do. And, I do have a rumor. I don't know how ahead, true babe. this is, but I read this. Um, maybe Anthony, you can verify if you heard that if you if this is true or not, or if it's just something spouting around. But Jeffrey Vincent Parisi, who's joining. The show as Simon Black. Yes. The rumor is that he's Skylock Art's brother, and he's coming for Victor and Adam. I heard that, and I also heard that they're in talks with Eva LaRue to pick up another arc, um, this time a longer three- to four-month arc. Um, so... I'm majorly excited about that. The chemistry between her and Jack was off the charts sizzling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. It was. Yeah. You know, and Lola right now is is kind of floundering. There's not there's not enough dramatic going on with her. So if if the reason that they bring Eva, you know, Eva back in, uh, you know, is to is to stir up a little Jabot trouble. It would also, you know, give Lola and Kyle some story to play. That's, you know, I, I mean, this whole Lola Kyle, um, what's his name? The one that just got fired is getting so Theo. boring. Theo, thank you. Unless, like, I, like I'm hoping they're building towards a story where Theo has, you know, a weird fascination slash, you know, attraction to Kyle, and they're going to go in that direction. Though it's the Young and the Restless, and they don't usually play that that, that kind of beat. Um, and they're bringing up Theo's dad. Well, I, my I thought was that Theo's dad. Yeah. Oh. My thought was you know, that their Theo was going to fall for Lola. No, I, I I honestly think behind the scenes, Theo's obsessed with Kyle. Um, you know, and he's. He's definitely got the chops to play, you know, going psycho. So if they go in that direction, it'd be interesting to watch. You know, we haven't had a good male psycho on screen in a while. Uh, You know, Ryan Chamberlain, of course. But other than that, we haven't had a good male psycho in a while. And it would be interesting to see that spiral out. Well, you know, they may be leading up to that because he just lost both of his jobs with Devon. People are telling him off and telling him he needs to, you know, be a nicer person and not start, try to um, hook everybody with his little theme things, you know, like going after everybody's job, like going after um, what's-her-name's job, and that's when Devon fired him. Right. So, you know, he, yeah, he might start spiraling because of all of the people are, like, nobody's his friend anymore except for, for Lola seems to be going in that direction. And it cracked me up when he passed out when Lola cut her finger. (laughs) Yeah. 
That was and Lordy, 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 Josh, when are you going to give Abby a storyline? I'm telling you. Well, she does really, she has a storyline. It's just kind of stagnant right now. Um, But let me just say that her and Phyllis, I love when they fight, but then Abby gives in too easily. Abby needs to get a back and start fighting against Phyllis. All I'm going to say to that girl is, girl, would you? Knowing Phyllis' yeah. history, how far would you take? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I mean, you know, when is going to be the bottom for Phyllis? Because she keeps conniving and, and doing all these dirty things. How is she winning? You know, you can't walk around and say winning when you're not because all you're doing is stealing and blackmailing. Yeah. And, you know, they keep flirting with the chemistry between Phyllis and Adam. And mm-hmm. there's all these open possibilities that have, that have flitted across our screens and disappeared. You know, I'm, I'm terribly disappointed that they dropped the storyline, you know, of Tracy writing the book and, and having the feelings for Kane and so on and so forth. You know, I, I get that there was a polarized fan base, but that kept everybody talking. That kept everybody interested. They should have kept that beat going. And I kind of feel the same thing with Phyllis. They've, they've thrown her at every, at every scene partner that they can think of but nothing really, you know, nothing's fleshing out, uh, you know, as a full-blown storyline. Other than Jack. Jack and Phyllis has always been good for me. But it would be interesting to see Phyllis and Adam. It'd be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm shaking my head just so you guys know. What's going on with Sharon? Where is the where is my girl? Where did she go? What happened to her? She's in another dimension. <laughs> she's, I she's have to admit though I have to admit though that after the Adam thing I like to see I like that she, they brought her back to her education and helping Chelsea with Connor. Yeah, that was that, a good scene. That was a good scene, she and I also her... like that she. I also like that she didn't give in to Adam. Right. You know when he basically gave her that ultimatum, because it would have been so easy for her to do. You but know, she's... I'm fifty-fifty on that. I'm glad she didn't on one end, but I also think it would have been really interesting story, and it would have played out a lot of beats that people, you know, people are are hungry for. Um, you know, it's, you know, and on that same wavelength, it is absolutely wonderful to see Michelle back. Um, obviously she's not Hillary and, and they're, they're trying as hard as they can to have Amanda be her own character, but right. there's, there, there's no beats being played with that either. And, and 
you know, you don't need a slow burn for this character. She's got the chops to come in. They should have pitted her up with Phyllis immediately and played on the friendship that Hillary and Phyllis had. And, you know, whatever agenda is going on behind the scenes, she should have recruited Phyllis into that storyline because the two of them together would have been phenomenal. You know, and of course, you know, I'm going to say what, what a good 65 to 75% of the fans out there are saying, we want more Jill. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I oh. It just makes me crazy when they bring them in for a couple of scenes and then they're gone again because, you know, Jill is, I think, everybody's favorite, no matter if she's good, bad, or ugly. Well, the character, it, the character, not Jeff Holmes, but the character is the one that has been with the show right from the beginning. Yeah, correct me if I'm if, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's the longest running character on the show at this point, correct? Yes. Yeah. At least as far back as I watched, '78. So. Yeah, definitely more Jill. And what do you think, I mean, out of the fallout of Victor pretending to be dead and then all of a sudden coming back to life, I think the person that was hurt the most was Summer, and I kind of like that she's going along with that and didn't forgive him right away. Yeah, I kind of like that, but it's, you know, it's a beat that's already been played how many times? Um, you know, it's not – forgive me, because you, y'all know that I love me some Young and the Restless. Maybe not quite as much as Candace, our girl who's missing this evening, does. But, you know, there's nothing fresh going on right now. There's nothing that's hooking us. Everything seems no, – and- it's all stories that, that have been played before. Right, and that brings me to Billy, what he did with Kyle – He's treating him not as an equal, like Jack made them, but as a lackey. I did not like that at all. I thought, who does Billy think he is? Okay, see, now I'm going to take the devil's advocate side of that. That's part of, you know, the personality breakdown. That's him repaying Jack through his child for the way Jack treated him all of his life. Uh, yeah, I guess so, but I yeah. just don't like it. No, I don't really like it either, and quite honestly, you know, I'd love to see Treat, you know, first, and honestly, I'd love to see Eileen Davidson come back for an extended amount of time and really just kick a bunch of butt, but um, if not, then have Tracy step in and say, hey, you know, we've come so far. What the heck is going on now? Why are we doing this all over again? Well, Tracy and Jack are totally unaware because they're busy doing the book. (coughs) Excuse me. And I don't think that Kyle's going to run to his dad and tell him what Billy's doing. No, No, but there were were other people in the company who could have made a quick little phone call. You know, we don't even have to see that on screen. You know, he... Jack could come in with Tracy and say, hey, you know, we're hearing that all this is going on. What the heck 
you know, what's up here? You know, and that would right. be exactly. an interesting beat to play. Yeah. And whatever they're bringing, um, God, what is her name? Eva, what is her character's name? Celeste. Celeste, thank you. Whatever they're bringing Celeste back in, it does have something to do with Jabot. So that should that hopefully that will stir things up and be and be interesting and maybe it'll push the Billy DID storyline, you know, to to its breaking point. You don't think they're done with that storyline? No, no, I think that there's definitely that was one too more easy. Thing. No, it was way too easy. There's no, definitely I something so. else lurking. Yeah, I thought it was too easy as well. That's why I said, you know, how is he supposed to, you know, cure himself by having a dream and beating himself up? That just, like, made no sense to me whatsoever. I want to see him in therapy. I want to see him in therapy more. And, hey, since General Hospital doesn't want to use um, Nora Buchanan, they can bring her in as her as the character that she played on The Bold and the Beautiful and give Billy some therapy. There you go. But didn't there. Billy started therapy, though. He did, but I'd like to see it continue. If that's what it is. If that's... You're right in what you said in the last show, Pam. It's not the DID that we're used to seeing. No. Mm-mm. No, not at all. There's got, there's got to be another. There's got to be another story lurking under this all, or it, or it was just such a waste of a couple of months, and you know, just gratification to get him nominated this year for you know for lead actor, which you know he does definitely deserve a nomination, but the story itself, no. No, not so much. No, it was unless the, unless there is more coming. Then I and, you see. know, and it's it's very interesting as far as the men are concerned on the Young and the Restless. You, you know, it's definitely Victor Newman's year. You know, it's definitely Eric Braden's year, and it's definitely Jason Thompson's year. Um, yeah. You know, Joshua Joshua Morrow. My God, oh, my God, give him something interesting to play. I am so tired of him, you know. I am a Newman. I'm not a Newman. I am a Newman. I'm not a Newman. <laughs> Maybe he has DID. <laughs> give him amnesia and let him think he's somebody else for a while because I am so tired of him being a Newman or not a Newman. <laughs> well, he was let him think he's a truck stop diner waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I mean, that DID might be catchy. <laughs> and let us quickly congratulate the lovely, the very talented, the beautiful Chloe, a.k.a. Miss Hendrickson, who is expecting, oh, and we've yes. seen the baby bump, and it is yes. absolutely adorable. Yes, congratulations to her and her husband. That's wonderful news. So happy for them. Um, We might have our guest here. Let me pick up this call. Hello? Courtney, is that you? Yes, it is. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Welcome. Hey, girl. 
I've got co-hosts with I've got co-hosts with me. I've got Anthony, David, and Carolyn, and I'm Pam. And welcome to Wonderful. Take Two Hello, Radio. Everyone. We're so happy we're so happy to have you. Thanks. I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we know you. you're so busy, so we really appreciate it. No, of course. I'm 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 driving right now, so I hope that you guys can hear me. I'm actually leaving a meeting. I was hoping I would be home by now, but you know, LA traffic never allows you to be on time. So, <laughs> you know, I always hear about LA traffic, and the funny thing is, I've been out there a couple times. Of course, it's been many years, but we never had it's that true. problem. And maybe it was where we were, and and we didn't have to deal with it. So that's a good thing. Because I feel for oh you Oh, my guys. gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's like, oh, I'm going 11 miles, and it says it's going to take 49 minutes. So. Oh, my gosh. It just goes to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, sh- I'm sure all L.A. drivers have come up with some creative way to deal with traffic and, and have to wait that long to get home or to where they're going. Yeah, you have to find good music that you like or podcasts and then, you know, find the side routes. You know, I feel like I could draw my own map of L.A. I know. I know all the ins and outs of how to get home. (laughs) Well, I live in Chicago, and I know that when our highways are, you know, clogged up like that, we get off and we take side streets. But I don't think it's that easy for you guys to do. No, it really depends on where you are. You know, I feel like if you're more in L.A. and, like, the heart of Los Angeles, it's a little bit easier. But when you start going into certain areas, um, it is it is more difficult to take the side streets, especially if you hit downtown because a lot of the streets are one way. And I feel like it just mm-hmm. kind of makes everything a little bit worse because you have to go four streets to just turn around. Oh gosh, that's yeah, that's like downtown here too. So I understand that. <laughs> I refuse to yeah, drive exactly. downtown. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we each have a couple questions for you, and um, we'll go ahead and get started with that. Uh, I okay. first like to mention how much we love you as Sally Spectra on The Bold and the Beautiful. Amen. You're a feisty, passionate, and in-your-face character. So what do you love about playing Sally? All of those things. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> um, I love, yeah, she's so fun. I mean, I feel like Sally is so passionate for a lot of different things in her life, for obviously her creativity, her art, her... Um, designing, and then the people in her life, and I love that about her. I think she's a contender in a lot of arenas, and I love to be able to to kind of find the ins and outs and the levels of her that are worth, um, you know, fighting for the things that she believes in, and yeah, I mean, I, I love the ins and outs of Sally, and she's fun, and she's spunky, and it's 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 really it's really cool to get to to portray somebody that you know has has such a good heart but also just you know really doesn't like to take no for an answer <laughs> right exactly exactly you're always fighting for what you want and i love that about you because 
there's not a lot of characters that'll do that these days, and you got to have at least one, and you're it. Yes. Well, thank you. I'm I'm very honored to be that to be that person. It's fun. <laughs> well, another thing I wanted to mention is that you've been involved with gaming, and you're best known for Quantum Break, Star Wars: The Old Republic, Knights of the External Throne. And recently a game called Control. So congratulations on that. Yes. And Thank how you. did you get involved with gaming? And can you tell us a little bit about each of them? Yeah. Um, you know, I I auditioned just like any other audition and my manager was like, you know, we have this we have this interesting audition coming up. Would you like to go out and be a part of it? And and afterwards I found that it was a game. And then, you know, six months later, because gamer, you know, gaming sometimes takes a lot longer to, to cast and get everything going through. So, like, six months later, I got a call offering me the role of Beth in Quantum Break. And um, they didn't even say Quantum Break. They said Beth Wilder. And I was like, who's Beth Wilder? Because it was, like, so long since I had auditioned. Um, and so that's kind of how I got involved in it. And I love Remedy so much. They are just such an incredible company. Sam Lake is just such a visionary and the working with him was really great. And then from there, um, I got cast as uh, Valen in the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I got to do a lot of their um, more video action uh, pitch reels and stuff like that. So that was really fun to be a part of that. And then Sam called me uh, probably it was like two Septembers ago um, now and asked, he said, Hey, we're doing a new video game called control and there's a lead of it. Her name's Jesse Faden. And it's like a, a paranormal um, shooter, thriller, uh, super weird video game. Uh, do you want to be involved in it and be the lead of it? And I was like, heck yes. So that was really fun to, to dive into that as well. And, and it was cool through through all of them, you know. I, I feel like I got to play more of like a a milit. She was more militant. Beth Beth Wilder was more of um straight laced, and she you know works for Monarch, which is the you know the company that's basically trying to to take over the the entire you know world. And and um, so I got to play that, and then through Star Wars, play this villain, and then through uh, Control kind of I, I got to be the hero and um you know Beth went from being part of the the darker side the the villain um not her per se but she was a part of the the company that was you know um basically taking over to aiding the hero in you know finally getting to accomplish his goal and so it was nice and in, in control to be that hero to be that one that fought for what she wanted and what she believed in and um, and took on life's, life's obstacles. Kind of sounds like Sally, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny. You know, I always say that, like, that, like, every role I play, obviously there's a little bit of me in each and every one, and a lot of my roles I feel like I could find a lot of through lines um, from a lot of the characters that I've ever played. And a lot of them are always strong and fighting for things they, they want and believe in, which I feel like 
you know, the leads of a, of a lot of projects and shows have those qualities. And I'm just very, I'm just very thankful to be able to constantly play um, women that, that fight for change, no matter, no matter what it is, or, or they're exploring the ins and outs of life and how they fit in relation to those things. So that's been fun. Yeah, we definitely need more women that are heroes and leaders and, you know, able to take on whatever comes their way. Um, we need more exactly. of that no matter what, you know, a, a part of our world because we, we just don't get enough acknowledgement in that regard. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, I feel like a lot of that's changing and people are, you know, uh, women are redefining themselves as to what that strength means and who they want to be in relation to themselves and society. And um, it's nice to be able to, to be a part of these um, projects where people are writing these females to be, um, you know, to have a voice. And that's that's really nice to be a part of that. Right. Now, I was looking at your Instagram the other day, and I noticed that you put up some of the the drawings of your character, and she's adorable. Do you get any say-so on how things are are done behind the scenes like that, like the drawings Uh, and stuff, like of how you want to look? Well, you know, a lot of those were from the fans, and, and what I loved about that was, like, it was their perception of what Jesse meant to them, and I feel like it, it really epitomized the whole point of Jesse um, is that everybody's relationship to her and who she was to them, what they wanted to be, um, whether it was to be her, to be like her, to be her friend, whatever it was, they each had a different uh, vision in their mind of what that was. And I feel like those drawings really encapsulated that meaning, you know, that each person mm-hmm. saw Jesse as something different. And that to me was, was incredible. Um, as far as behind the scenes go, you know, it was nice to be able to talk with them a little bit. I know when they were first kind of looking at Jesse, they were figuring out what, what hair color she should have. You know, she always had my face. But, like, what hair color, and, you know, I was obviously beyond thrilled when they landed on, oh, you know, maybe we should make her redhead. I'm like, interesting. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, wow, I've never seen that before. So it was nice to kind of uh, say that a little bit. But, you know, honestly, I never really felt the need to be like, wow, I wonder what Jesse would look like here I felt like it was kind of fun to see what they did with her to begin with um and I and I I still feel like I I really really um I love who they created Jessie to be you know I know for a while they were like should we have her hair down should we have her hair up should we have it short and um I just feel like whoever they created really really stood strong as to who Jessie was um so I never really felt the need to, the only thing I ever said once was in the, I guess it was in a rendering, her ponytail was white as opposed to black. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, but then it just so happened that it was just, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't finished what they were doing it. And I was like, that was, that was interesting. Maybe it should be, you know, black, but it doesn't really matter. They're, they're an incredible company and, and it did end up being black in the end. And um, they're, they're just I don't know. They're just visionaries. I've said this before. I just, I, I really respect them as a company and what they do. And so I was interested to see what they brought to the table. And I think they killed it. 
Yeah. Do you play these games? Are you a gamer? Yeah, I, I really like playing games a lot. I'm, I'm definitely not like a diehard gamer just because I honestly, it's just time. I have so much going on. Um, but I do have games that I really like. I grew up playing Mario, Mario Kart, uh, Mario World, Super Mario. Like, I just, oh, my gosh, that was, like, my thing growing up. Um, and then as I got into my teens, I kind of fell a little bit more into, like, the Grand Theft Auto I really enjoyed. Um, and then lately I've actually been playing more of World of Warcraft, which which I really enjoy. I'm more of, like, uh, exploratory um anything that challenges the mind and so i did play a bit of i did play quite a bit of quantum break but um it was a little bit challenging for me i'm not really fully great at the whole shooter gaming um i just i I, my aim my aim is off (laughs) i'm not very good at that so my boyfriend normally he takes over and, and he'll do that but with control i played all of control my boyfriend and i played it together um, and we just switched off. We switched off with, with a lot of it because we were both so into it. And even though, obviously, Jesse is me playing Jesse, um, I lost myself in who she was because I just feel like they did, they just did such a great job. I was really, really propelled by the story, you know, and I, and it doesn't always get to happen when you're a part of a project. It's like sometimes you want to be, you know, propelled and inspired inspired by a story but uh, I really felt like I was that with control so yeah I finished the game I didn't want to put it down I woke up in the morning wanting to play it which is which is big big for me you know um and mm-hmm. same with my friends and family and people around and so yeah I did play I did play control and and I loved it from beginning to end well, I used to play games when I was younger. I don't do it so much as I'm older, and I will not even tell you guys what I used to play because that will tell you my age. So that's that. that. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let David ask his questions. Okay. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Hi. I'm on... I've noticed that you've been in a lot of science fiction. So my mm-hmm. question is to you, um, I know um, that what interests me is that there's a parallel universe to ours in any science fiction we read. So what draws, what actually draws you into science fiction? Uh, I think it's the, you know, the, the, the theory, obviously, that, like, you, you know, that you said, oh, there's a, there's a world that's parallel to ours, and I feel like the, just the possibility of what else is out there, um, and having stories that go beyond reality, because I, I personally feel like there's more than just beyond reality in general, um, and I feel like that in itself is so interesting, you know, that some there's, there's things that are, you know, proven by people and they love to tell stories about it. And then there's, you know, theories or possibilities of, oh, my gosh, what if? And and I feel like that's so fun. I love I love to take the imagination on a journey and see where it where it lands. And I love be, being a part of um, those stories. I'm, and then watching them, you know, any any sort of 
anything that takes the imagination for a ride, I'm I'm game. I I love I love that because I feel like just as human beings, we get to expand our own world, and the more we expand our world, we get to you know experience other people's worlds and within that you get to understand other people and and then we connect with something greater than just ourselves i hear you i hear you completely awesome do you have a favorite novel science fiction novel a favorite novel yeah oh favorite science fiction novel well not really science fiction novel per se um actually i'll be honest with you i have not been good about reading a lot of novels lately i've been so into like docu i've been like on documentary you know a documentary surge for forever um i love anything involved with like which you know anything aliens or in in stars or um Anything like that, I'm 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 personally really really drawn to. But as far as a specific novel, um, a lot of the novels I've been reading lately, a lot of them are a little more in like the the mental health realm of like uh, the possibilities of I guess of reality, which is the completely opposite of science fiction. So um, that's kind of where that's kind of where I've. I've been lately. I did just read um, a vampire novel, which 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 was really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I kind of I don't know. I love. I've been on a documentary surge for a bit, so. That's good. Well, how about we go back to B and B, and I want to trace back. You were brought on. As Sally Spectra, the grandniece of the original. Right. So my question is, when you were first brought on, were you educated on the actress who played your grandparent, the late Darlene Connolly? And what, if any, did you take away from that to bring to your own well, um, I had known of Darlene Connolly. I I didn't know much about her or about Sally Spectra, honestly, um, when I got on the show. Actually, when I first got on the show, I didn't even know that's who I was playing. It wasn't until after I booked the role when the producers called me and said, this is who you're playing. Um, and so from there, I really did, obviously, my homework. I worked, man, for days, hours and hours and hours and hours. I studied her and her roles and um, actually I say that for months I did and and kind of what I always tried to take away was I feel like you know um, there are characteristics of people in your family or people that you look up to that you try and emulate you want to kind of take on those characteristics and bring them into your world especially if you look up to them and so I always really noticed the things that stuck out to me was her her spunk, her pizzazz, her heart. You know, uh, Darlene Connolly as Sally Spectra had such a grand heart. Um, but she also, she always kind of found um, the back door, the back way in. You know, it was she never did things the traditional way. And that was some, those were things that I wanted to kind of um, 
bring in to my portrayal of Sally and, and say, you know, find the things that Sally Spectre Jr. was going to look up to about her great aunt and figuring out how to, uh, what, what parts of the script, what storylines, what relationships that I had where I can bring in those things and kind of almost use it as like, you know, a theoretical or hypothetical my great aunt Sally used to say, and like, you know, basically starting conversations or relationships in that sense, um, creating conversations that we had had um, when I, when Sally Spectre was a young child. So I did a lot of work on that. Um, and, and that's kind of what drew me to, and then from there, you know, I could kind of take her into being who she was. and But I definitely still have moments, you know, of like, what what would Great Aunt Sally do, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we love that you keep her alive. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was really, really, really important to me, you know, because I wouldn't be there without her. I mean, you know, she solidified a character that the fans love and want to bring back. But then, you know, also as Sally, Sally wouldn't be there without her either. Um, I don't think she would have had her love for designing. I don't think she would have had a lot of characteristics. So she was very, very at the forefront of my mind in a lot of the things I, I did and still do. Definitely, definitely love definitely. that. And, uh, you know, she's a, a character that will never be forgotten. She was such a huge part of the bold and the beautiful. And and we'd love to see more specters come in for that matter. Yeah. Oh, my yes, God. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I love her. Yes, yes, yes. My grand, I'd love to see. I'd love at some point for them to bring someone as you know, my my mother on, too. I'm like, there's so much. There's right. so much to Sally we've never explored. Exactly. Exactly. Bold, if you are listening, please hear this. We need more spectrum. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, thank you, David, for your questions. Next up is Anthony. Mm, thank you, I'm sorry, not Anthony. Not, not Anthony. I'm yeah, sorry. You. I skipped. Carolyn is next. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Carolyn from Florida. <laughs> Hello, Carolyn um, from Florida. <laughs> hi. I see in your bio, um, you say in your spare time, whenever you get any, that you like to write. Yes. I love yes. to write. What do you... Um, what do you what do you write about? Do you are you drama? Are you a poet? Do you do romance? What what kind of writing do you do? Um, it really depends on the day and the mood. Um, I love poetry. I love to write poetry. Um, I love to write down my thoughts. Um, uh, you know, and kind of move them into as if at some point I'd love to create a, um, like a motivational novel of some sort. So I always write those down. Um, I love to write short stories of things that have happened in my life that I feel like would be interesting for, you know, uh, creating a, a script because that's something that I'm, I'm working towards right now. I have a couple scripts that I would really love to make. Um, so I'm kind of in the midst of, starting to um, 
to to write those and finding a template for exactly what I want to what the stories to be about. So I write about that. Um, just really anything, anything that's on my mind. I mean, I have thousands and thousands of notes on my phone. I have so many, um, you know, uh, books around my house or, or note notebooks around my house with things jotted down. Sometimes I write songs. <laughs> like it's just anything oh. that comes to my mind. I write it down. Cool. So it's a form yeah. of journaling. Yeah, in a way. Um, but I, it is, it is, it's, it's, a form of therapy for sure for myself. I've done it ever since I was younger. I have written in, I've written in journal since I was in elementary school, you know, which is really cool because I think that that's also what's driven me too is um, finding stories from a lot of different ages that I can eventually, I want to transform stuff into scripts, but you know, I have stuff back from when I was in like third grade. You know, writing about my friends on the playground and and arguments that they would get in over, you know, who ate the last uh, bologna in the Lunchable. Like, no joke. That was, like, written in. in. And then I have have my thoughts as, you know, in, in seventh grade when September 11th happened. I have pages and pages on on that day because I wrote that night. Like, I mean, there's really interesting pivotal things in this that's just kind of propelled me. I understand more about who I am, which is really important as an actor. I know my toolbox and I feel like that's really important. Um, But then, yeah, I mean, I have poetry, I have stories. And so I'm constantly like, and I, and I take notes on other people. Like, wow, I met this really interesting person today, and this is how they were, and this is what they did, and this is what they said, and this is what they've been through. So it's just more like a, yeah, like a journal in a way, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Well, it's, a, it's an admirable quality, and you can go back on your journal and read and kind of work your, yourself through a lot of issues. Journaling, I think, is very important. Absolutely. It's also really nice to look back and go, wow, I've grown. Or, you know, like when you go through a, right. you know, there's a lot of great, great things and a lot of negative things, not negative, but like hard times I've written about. And then a lot of really, really great high times, you know, and um, there's a lot of me talking to, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very connected with, um, I'm very spiritual. And so there's conversations that I'd like to say, like conversations with God that I have or whatever it is. And and it's all documented. And it's nice to be able to sometimes go back and like kind of laugh sometimes and go, wow, like, you know, giving my, my inner child a hug, like, wow, we've been through this. Look at that. Look at where we are now. Um, or having, if you're having, you know, a down day, to look back and go, remember the time when I had this win? That was cool. And, like, remember those things. So it's nice. Well, life is, life is like that. It can't be um, happy and joyful every day. You have your ups and your downs. And um, when you read about it, what you've written, it uh, it's very, very important. Absolutely. You I be, feel like, yeah, you, you know. You, you should ahead. be doing work with young people. Young people, I think they're missing the the point. Yeah, that's actually something that I've actually been kind of putting together. I want to put together a little program or a little seminar where I can do that. That is something I've actually been actively working on. I I think it's important, and I think, 
you know, it also helps you better, most importantly, understanding yourself. You know, I'm very into um, mental health uh, and an advocate for a healthy lifestyle. And, and I think it's, I think it's so important, you know, and, and really understanding even little things like, you know, I remember years and years, five years ago, sitting down in my room and going, what do I want in a man? You know? And I mean, my, I literally had like 160 things. And I remember walking away from that going, ha, yeah, right. Like I'm <laughs> like little things, even like things that people would never think of, you know, like, oh my gosh, I want them to like Blink-182. Like, you know, like things of going, yeah. what do I have to lose? This is my safe space to do a say whatever I want. Cut to like, you know, a year later, I met my boyfriend. We've been together for almost four years now. And I came across that journal one day when I was cleaning out like my journal box. And I happened to flip to that page. And I sat in my room reading it. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's every single one of these things. <laughs> And it was so crazy because I think what it did was it solidified for myself. I knew what to look for. I knew what I wanted so that everything else that came my way or everyone else, I was like, nah, nah, nah. But, like, that was just one example of going, I I really got to know myself and go, as silly as it was, it was important, you know. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of young people – it's easy, especially in the age of social media, to get swayed by what other people are doing. We're seeing their highlight reel uh-huh. on a daily basis, and oh, we think it's reality, and it's and it's, and it's not, not, you know. And no, exactly. Uh-huh. And so, as long as you go, okay, cool, you know, I'm affected by that. Why am I affected by it? Does it make me feel like I don't have that? Does it make me feel like I want that? Does it make me feel like I don't want? Like, how does that make you feel? Write about it so that you know. That way you see it and you can be clear and open so that you can love that person for what they're going through or be open to it. Or if you don't agree with it, unfollow them or whatever it may be, but you don't react because so many people I feel like react and they, they don't know why. And I think that journaling has really, really helped with that. You know, I can understand myself. Why did I react that way? That was weird. I didn't like the way that felt. Let's figure it out. You know, and then I know. Well, very good. Um, the second question, uh, obviously you're still studying psychology and motiva- yeah. you do motivational speaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That, um, that, that's yeah, something I'm, I'm, I'm even working more towards, like I said, creating like a little program or a seminar, maybe like a half hour thing I can go around and speak on. So I'm still working towards that stuff too. Oh, very good. Uh, What motivates you? Oh, man, so much. You know, I think it really depends on the aspect of my life we're talking about, but I definitely feel like um, I motivate myself, you know, um, my own goals. I'm very clear in a lot of ways on what those are and who I want to be, and it motivates me to be a good person and to uh, make sure that I'm working towards the things that make me happy each and every day. My family motivates me. Um, Good people motivate me. Um, People that are clear on what they want. Um, And even if you're not clear on what you want, you at least know what you stand for. I think that's that's really what's most important. That motivates me. Um, But most importantly, you know, being, being around anything creatively, people that, that would rather community than isolation. Um, I'm all about love and acceptance and 
creativity and what the things are in life, the true meaning of life, which in my eyes is, you know, to, to have experiences and to grow from those experiences and to connect with, with people that are like and different than you. Um, so those are the things that, that really motivate me. I have, I have my, my little boxes of life of like, you know, I have my family and my work and then my fitness and my spirituality and my, you know, each, each of the boxes I have and each thing, they're different, but knowing my morals and values is helpful. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hi. Are you there? Oh, because there's a noise in the background. We didn't know if we lost you. No, that's <laughs> for me. I hear it, too. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Carolyn, well, for your well, question. You're, you're, you're a very inspirational girl. Thank you very much. And it's Mental Awareness Week, and you're bringing uh, a lot of awareness here. And the young people seem to be cocooning, and I don't think that's good. They need to get out and express themselves. Amen. Oh, I, I definitely. Yes, amen. I actually was just thinking earlier today and sitting down and writing something I definitely want to put out for Mental Awareness Week. But, yes, no, you're right. I mean, that's definitely. I also feel like social media has done that in a way. Um, technology yeah. has done that, and I would love to be able to use it as, and opposite platform to get their voices out there. But people go, I don't know what to say. Just pick up your phone and say, you know, I hope you have a great day. You know, whatever it is, find, find something to say and say it. And, and, but yeah, there's so much, there's so much. Yeah. Stop judging and, and uplift people and inspire them. I think we need more of that. Uh, amen. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, thank you very, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Anthony. Hey, Hello, Courtney. Anthony. Good evening. Hi. I, w- I before I jump into questions, I just want to say I'm a, I was a huge Sally Sprechter original fan, and I was waiting anxiously to see what you were going to do with Sally Spector Jr. And my favorite thing, your kick, your kick butt, and all of that. But my favorite thing is the vulnerability that is so apparent and present and believable and beautiful in the character and the way you, you know, you emote it and bring it through with her. I just want to say kudos and congratulations because, you know, it could have been a character character and you've really fleshed her into a full, beautiful, vulnerable girl, woman, human. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Having said all that, you are currently living out a dream of many, many, many of us who have always dreamed when we were little kids, we dreamed about Rompa Bomper Stomper and having our name read in the magic mirror. And then as we grew up a little bit, we always dreamed about hearing the words, come on down. And you are on the other side of that fence right now. Can you tell us a little bit about your Price is Right experience? Yeah, I am. It is such a blast to be on that show. I, I, you know, I've I've watched The Price Is Right for, you know, a bunch of us have for forever, and and it's just I can't even describe the feeling, the energy, the 
the good positive vibes that radiate from everybody there. Everyone is so happy and they're having fun. And even if they're nervous, they're nervous because, you know, they, they want to win something. It's not like they're, and, and, and I would still say they're tackling those fears while they're doing it. And it's so wonderful to see. And then when they win, I mean, I, le- I the first day I left there, my mouth, and I smile a lot and I'm very happy. My mouth hurts so bad from just smiling and laughing all day. And I was like, what a wonderful thing to be sore right now, you know, to, from, from mm-hmm. smiling so much. And it just is so cool. And everyone on there is just so great. And, and it's so much fun. It's definitely, I mean, as, as, as a model, it was definitely um, a different set of skills because, you know, as an actor, it's like, God forbid, don't look in the camera. But on this, it's like you have to look in the camera the entire time. And even when someone's talking to you, you can't look at them because you have to be looking at the camera so that it looks like you're looking at the audience, you know, the viewers that are watching from their home. So that was something that took me a minute to, like, you know, re- you know, retrain my brain from everything that's been, you know, beaten out of me since a young actress. Don't look in the camera, you know. <laughs> So that was, yeah. that was kind of fun. I always love being challenged. Awesome. My second yeah. question, um, and thank you so much for, for giving us a little glimpse into that. My second question, you've been pretty vocal on our call and social media and so on and so forth. You're one half of an absolutely adorable couple. Can you give us a little bit about what is the best and worst thing to be involved with another soap actor? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely think one of the best parts is that we understand each other's lives and we understand each other's jobs because it is very different than a lot of other um, jobs in general, but definitely in this industry. Um, there is a lot of content in a short amount of time and and I think it's just, it's nice. It's nice to be able to have that stability with with someone um, and that understands your life. And um, that's been really cool as an actor in general, but definitely both in soaps. And it's, and it's fun to kind of have like, the, oh, you guys are the soap couple. You know, it's, it's nice to kind of have that um, accreditation, if you will, you know, to go, oh, yeah, we're, we're that. And um, and he's just absolutely wonderful, and, and we really, really, we just connect. On, he's my best friend, and we connect on so many different levels, and it's nice to have that. And also with soaps, you kind of also, you have that stability, you know, for the most part, and then you also get breaks, and it's nice to have those breaks that line up at the same time where we can go, because both of us love to travel, and we love to be able to go off and experience new places and new people and new things, and um, so that's been really fun. Um, I would say you know, one of the worst things, if you would say, um, is just, you know, the, you know, everyone wants to, you know, especially as an artist, there's so many other things that you want to be, there's so many things you want to be doing as an artist. You, you want to be able to do, you know, games and TV and film and whatever it is that, you know, we all want to be doing it. And I think sometimes it's, it's hard because you have that stability to, go, you know, just, just the mentality of, you know, we've talked about this before, him and I, of, you know, hey, I want to go do 
a primetime thing, you know, and see what ends up happening. But a lot of primetime shows now it's like, you know, you get a season and then it's canceled and then you're out of work. And, and knowing that, you know, we are both actors and that, you know, we also have to, I wouldn't say it's a war, it's worse thing, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a more of a, um, it, it, it needs a little bit more of our attention because, you know, building a lifestyle together and eventually, you know, having kids one day or whatever it is looking at, okay, how can we sustain a family while we're both still fighting for our dreams and supporting each other, you know, because you just never know in this business. And so that's something that I wouldn't say it's a negative thing, but you know, with any two actors together, I think that's just a general, you know, looking at um, what else you can be doing in your life so that you can, you can still build the lifestyle that you want and not be at the mercy of, um, you know, when your contract gets renewed or, um, if your show gets picked up or whatever it is, a lot of actors go through that. And I don't think that just because we're on, you know, soaps that that really is any different in, in the long run, you know, because we're both in this for the long haul, um, the career, the relationship, all of it. And so you kind of have to look at, you know, what comes down the line, but we're very positive spiritual people. And we always believe that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, so, but I would say almost everything is positive, <laughs> everything and then, that <laughs> definitely hard. comes through you guys you guys have the perfect mix of of being op- open and vocal and out there with you know your couple zone and your career but also you know having a little bit of mystique and not being in our faces can con- consist constantly you guys have a really great mix of that and you're an adorable couple so thank you for being as open as you guys are it's fun to watch i also oh, we have of a, course. a Thanks. We have another co-host who had a family emergency, so I have two questions for her. Do you still have a few more minutes for us? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Candace's first question was, you are a horror movie fan, and she is also a horror movie fan, and this is Horror Movie Month. What is your favorite horror movie or horror movie series, and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Um... Man, I, there are so many horror films that I love. A couple of years ago, Chad and I did a horror movie marathon. Every single day in October, we watched a horror movie. By, like, day, day, day 20, 25, we were so jumpy. Like, you know, a cricket jumped out at me and I screamed. Like, I, I was so on yeah. <laughs> oh, I did it to myself. But I love, uh, I love the Babadook. I, for some reason, that mm. one really got me. I love, oh, man, everything, you know, from the... First off, all of, like, The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Nun, all that stuff really, really gets me. Um, that Those those things, anything paranormal, anything dealing with um, anything in that, in that realm um, really, really, really affects me. But I would say, I would definitely say those are some of my top ones um, that really get me. I, I love the psychological thrillers. That's why I always go towards the Babadook. For some reason, when your imagination gets going, I mean, my imagine when it's dark and after a horror film, if I'm walking downstairs to get water, I mean, I've basically like come up with ten thousand scenarios how there's ghosts and goblins and everything else, and and I've basically died exactly. by the time I've gotten to the bottom of my stairs. Like that's what's happened in my brain. So, um, I just I love the whole thing, and then I loved. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House, the, the series. I, That's I my really, favorite. Really, really that. 
Oh, it was so good. And the jump yes. scares, I mean, that one in the car, man, got me because I wasn't expecting it. It's like a day scare and they're fighting. And then, oh, my God, it just was like I screamed so loud. But I love that stuff. And um, I also say it's more fun, obviously, because I don't live alone. I feel like I went through a phase where I didn't watch many horror films because, you know, I lived, this was like four or five years ago. I was living by myself in my apartment for, you know, a year and a half or so when my roommates moved out. And I, I, I couldn't stomach it. I tried it for like a day or two. And then I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I was like clutching onto my dog. She's like, you're supposed to be my alpha. What are you doing? Like, I'm like, TV, you have to protect me. But, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Well, Candace is our deep thinker, and she's a teacher, and she always likes to throw out a profound question. So her final and our final question for you, and you already alluded to your spirituality um, a couple of times on the call, so this, this question is perfect. What do you think your purpose in this life is? Hmm. This, I love this question. I, you know, I feel like it is changing my perspective on my purpose. Um, I feel like for the longest time I, and I do still feel this in to some capacity. I, I want to, I want to help people. I want to um, make people feel less alone. Um, and that's been something my purpose has been since I was a kid. You know, I mean, when I saw anyone being bullied or um, ostracized as a child, I would cry. I was racked with emotion and I just wanted to fight for that person um, and fight for myself uh, whenever, you know, would happen. It happens to everyone in, in some shape or form at some point in their life, at least most people. Um, and so I'd say that's a huge, huge thing, but over the past year or so, I've kind of transformed that into uh, having that purpose be to have experiences and connect and connect with others, and through that connection, um, have a communication and an understanding that we are not alone as human beings, and that is not the point of life. And it is to there. There's something beyond us, and it is to. Um, love one another and create and collaborate. And I feel like my purpose is to just be, um, be one of those people that just wants to connect and collaborate and create stories and tell stories and hear stories and um, just be a drive for, for positivity and for love and for creation. I feel like that's been something that um just always really, really drives me. And I do feel like whenever I'm in alignment with those things, I feel like I'm the happiest. I feel like the people around me are the happiest. And, you know, if there is anyone that's going through anything, I love to be that ear. I love to be there and to be that safe haven. I want to be that um, for other people, but also for myself. And um, because, you know, you gotta, you gotta refuel yourself before you can shed your light for, for others. And so, um, I like yes. that question. That's, that's definitely yes. been something I've been, I've been, you know, I, I turned 30 in August and, and for me, it was like this like pivotal moment of like, 
wow, who do I want to be for this next decade? And what does that mean? And what is, where have I gotten till now? And what can I take from it? And so I've been going through these past couple of months, a, a very in-depth analysis of that question. So I love that, that that's what was asked because it's still something that I'm moving forth, but everything always surrounds itself with love and spirituality and creativity. Those are, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm all heart and all art. And those are the things that drive me. Well, you are definitely all heart and all art, and thank you for bringing your heart and art to us tonight. Before you go, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find more heart and art of Courtney? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You guys can find all the heart and art and uh, all the love in the world and connection with uh, at the Courtney Hope on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You, I'm, I'm sure you have touched thousands of lives with, you know, just social media alone and people around you. And then it, you know, people pay it forward and it just spreads and spreads and we need more of that. And I, I love that you do that and the way you think and, and how you live your life. And I want to thank you for that and thank you for joining us tonight. And when you thank have you your so program developed, please come back and share it yeah. with us. Learn springboard it from us. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. I definitely I definitely will. You guys were fantastic and I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you so much for having me. And for supporting me. You're very welcome. Oh, you're welcome. You have a beautiful Have a good night. Thank you. You guys too. (laughs) I will. All right. right. Take care. Bye guys. Bye bye. She's a very, very deep person, but in a good way. Do you do you feel like I feel full right now? In in yeah. that spiritual, in that like I feel like I got hugged about thirteen times. Right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's... Well, it's, it's October. I got to go with thirteen, Dave. <laughs> she's um. We need more people like her. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. And um, wow. there's something about our show. We get deep. We get inside. And, um, God, tonight was another one for the books. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Courtney, Yeah, after, after awesome. Rayal and now Courtney. I mean, church again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Pam Powers, Pat on the back for you. Thank you. Um, I don't know how you did it, but you did it. (laughs) We only have 37 minutes left, so um, let's go ahead and dive into the last two soaps. Um, Let's go with days. Carolyn, hit it. Well, Like sands through the hourglass. Carolyn, (laughs) tell us about the days of our lives. Oh, Gabby has uh, hit it out of the park this week. It's been really um, her acting is uh, phenomenal. I'm I'm so happy she's getting her redemption because a few years ago with all that with with Chad and whatever they were bullying her big time on social media. So now they're loving her, which uh, I'm really happy about. 
Which is which is definitely a kudos to Camilla, obviously, but also to Ron and the writing team. You know, they found they found the niche and they worked it hard. You know, people were saying that it was a little too fast. The you know the transition from hate to love, but those two actors did a phenomenal job of making us believe it. And then her this week, like you just said, power, power, powerhouse performances. Um, when she was screaming at Kayla and then Roth, you know, and then even collapsing into Ruth's arms, it was just, I mean, it was gut-wrenching and so believable and so, you know, just profound, powerful. Absolutely. Well, they're showing how strong she is because they're all coming yeah. after her this week. It was did uh, did everyone watch it today with um uh with Doug no. when he came in and talked Oh my about, god, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I I the last one I watched was yesterday's. Well So Doug, what happened Doug today? And, Doug came mm-hmm. in and um he just said that he wouldn't judge her and he understood what was going on and it was very touching today. be watching that later on tonight um another thing is when she had Rolf come in and you know wanted him to save Stefan and then when he told her he couldn't and you know she attacked him I mean you you can just understand how she feels you know she wants somebody to perform a miracle and it was so heartbreaking you know, I love that the writers went there again. You know, recently, they they have to have been listening not only to our podcast, but to, you know, across the net, across the board, they had to have been listening to the fans saying, you know, the elephant in the room that you keep ignoring is pissing us off. When she started yeah. screaming, how many people have you brought back from the dead? Why can't you do it mm-hmm. with him? You know, yeah. it was mm-hmm. everything that we've been reading for a character you know, I've always said, and I've made a joke about it, that, you know, one of these days at a funeral, someone's just going to get up and start going off the rails. They're not dead. They're not dead. They'll be back in a year. Please stop, yeah. crying. stop crying. Let's go party. Yeah. They're going to be back. You know, and, and they gave us a version of that with Gabby and Ross. And, you know, kudos, Ron. Kudos, the whole team. You know, and kudos, kudos, Camilla, for, for you know, gut-wrenchingly pulling it off. Uh, you know, we felt yeah. it. We were, you know, we were screaming with her. Um, right. You know, and, and yeah. And this is this is um this is the the heart of Ron right here. We're seeing again because I see a parallel between this and Rex giving Clint Gigi's heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the same yeah. cycle. The same type of dynamic going on with Camilla taking JPs. And you know, also, you know, if we're gonna stay in, in the in the congratulating Ron mode, you know, I do have to say I was skeptical. I knew Robin Strausser would pull it off. How exactly oh my God. she would pull it off, I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure what mode, what direction. Um, I mean, that woman is somebody, young and reckless, bold, general hospital, somebody hire this woman. You need her on your yeah. show. 
We need her on our television. Um, you know, and he hit every beat. Dr. Kramer, I, I almost fell off the couch. Oh, I know. I'm um, too. The last scenes between her and Eve were definitely, without a doubt, a nod to One Life to Live. Um, yes. You know, the writing of this version of Vivian Alamine was, I mean, when she when she said to Kate, and could you step a little to the left, darling? I, 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 I was in awe of the writing itself and her delivery. It was just so classic, so, so classic, Ron. So awesome. And again, please, somebody, hire this woman. Hire her. Bring her onto our television every day. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Yeah. Bring you her know, back and today. one I think one of her best one of her best scenes was her last scene. Um, you know, when Stefan got shot and her scream and and you could feel her yeah. pain and um, you know, and he's dying right there in front of her telling her to run and and she's like, you know, when she starts taking off and they're like she's Lonnie's like, "Where are you going?" or whatever and she says I'm doing what my son told me to do. I'm running, you know. And, wow, I mean, oh, it was just so good. Yeah. And, you know, her parting words to Eve, the, the the, the whole 15 episode arc was brilliant. It wasn't enough, but it was, it was definitely satisfying. Um, Moving on to Farcical, the land of, you know, suspending our disbelief completely, um, I am absolutely loving the byplay between Victor and and Brady and Victor and Sonny and Will, um, you know, highlighting that, you know, the, the whole how could this have happened? And you know you're going back to her. You know, there's nobody who does deadpan like um, John Anderson. You know, he just mm. hits. He just, the delivery is so good. The right, Honestly, the storylines are a little hard to swallow at this point, but the writing is so good that you find yourself in it and forget. You know, there were so many times during the mess storyline that I had to remind myself, wait a minute, this can't possibly, this, is, this, this doesn't actually happen in real life. Um, you know, and again, it's moments like, like with John, you know, with Victor, where the deadpan brings it back to normalcy in such a farcical way. You know, there is, there is nothing to, I mean, that man, kudos, 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 kudos to the writing. Having said that, um, I, 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 there is no way to pull Brady back from this prank at this point. You know, he is spiraling in. He is going to be with Kristen. And it is going to be the biggest hot mess of, you know, the fall and or winter season on Days of Our Lives. I, even though I know they're going to end up together, um, I mean, she's already moved in. So, you know, what's next? Uh, But once he sees that baby, you know, that's going to be enough for him, I think. Um, And it'll pull him closer to her. If she has the baby, that is. Um, but I just, I, I don't like them as a couple. No, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't many feel the chemistry. Do. You know, honestly, I want Xander, uh, Xander and Sarah together. But 
yeah. were that not, you know, were that not the budding couple, I do think Kristen and Xander as a couple would have been fun and to that watch was, play out. Thank you. Thank you. I thought the same thing. You know, I thought especially the same a thing. lot more fun than, than Kristen and Brady. That's for sure. Um, yeah. You know, having, you know, having said all that, you know, we are poised for a time jump. Do you guys, do you guys think that that's going to be an interesting move? Do you think it's a mistake? Do you think I, it's You know what? To... I was thinking about, I was thinking about that today. I, you know, I can't even imagine what they're going to do and how I'm going to feel about it because, you know, I don't read spoilers. So I don't even know if there's been any spoilers out there about this time jump. Um, yeah, I guess, I've, you seen, know, I've seen something on the time jump. It's a really risky move because yeah. they're telling story. They're telling story that is so involved. It's so you know we're so deeply entrenched. It's not like stories are wrapping up and then they're going to time jump. We're in the thick of, in thin of it, so it's right. definitely yeah. a risky move. I definitely want to ask you guys what you thought of you know, the return of Jack's memories, how that played out. Was it satisfying? Was it worth the ride that we took? How, how do you guys feel about that? Carolyn? Carolyn, Carolyn I'm oh, going to let you. I'm, I'm going to ask yeah. you first. Yeah, boring. Boring. <laughs> Anticlimactic. For me. For me. Really? David? David? I'm... Well, I'm glad he got his memory back. Let's put it yeah, that finally. way. Um, finally. Yeah. And, and and it was great. And I I go back and forth with the way it came back. I mean, they were all waiting for Rolf, and he didn't even he didn't need him. Yeah. Well, I I, think it to was me, I don't care. I don't care how it came back. I'm just glad it came back. And... The only thing that throws me off with how it came back is that everybody else is needed, you know, to get this shot from Dr. Rolf, so why not Jack? I don't understand that. Yeah. And why did Vivian have memory loss? You know, that wasn't explained, and that kind of bothered me as well. You know, Vivian and Tony both don't don't seem to have any memory um, yeah. Any memory problems, and that you know, <laughs> that's kind of hanging in the air. I wish they would have somehow explained that. Um, I think well, it was I very just, I just, I, I just assumed that Rolf gave them the shot. That was my assumption because okay. I didn't, I didn't hear anything other than that. You know what I mean? That's that's a valid so point, actually. I didn't, you know, a lot of disjointed. It. I don't know, flipping it all over and. And now poor uh, Hope, she's um, she got injected today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, what, I'm Anthony, wondering, Anthony, you finish your thought, and you said you were saying it was anticlimactic for you. It was anticlimactic for me. I mean, they took us on this journey. We've been on it since literally the first day of this year. So you know, we've yeah. been on it for ten months now. Um, yeah, for it to have wrapped up. Yeah, for it to have wrapped up in that way, it just felt very anticlimactic. Um, and they teased us. 
you know, they gave us Vivian, don't get me wrong, but they teased us that this was an umbrella storyline. We were going to find out who else was in the room, you know, and they just, they, they just teased us with more questions. They, you know, they yeah. put Vivian with Kristen, you know, and she, she speculated possibly Stefano is out there. Who else is there and what's the grand plan? And then she's out, she's out of town. So we're definitely not going to get any movement as far as that, that part of it goes. Um, you know, and the whole, the whole, you know, umbrella storyline that was supposed to come of it, if if it was just Nicole and Vivian, then I feel really let down on that side of it. Because um, you wanted I don't more. Understand, yeah, I don't understand where Roth is going with this whole whole thing, and, and I'm hoping, you know, with the time jump, like, why are you starting this? It, it better be something really good. Um, otherwise, you know, there's a lot of questions dangling out there that I think the time jump is just going to make us, you know, we're not going to get the answers to. So they're going to move on and that's sad. And that's kind of not fair. But, you know, it Do is we know really why there's good. a time jump? No. You know, there are certain spoilers out there. And like Pam, I've, you know, I've avoided them for the most part. Um, somebody, somebody is really speculating the one that, that keeps popping up and that's almost unavoidable is that it's a Dr. Roth experiment gone wrong. Um, but he's never played in the, you know, the astrophysics plane. He's more, you know, biological. So if it is a Dr. Yeah. Roth experiment gone wrong, that's going to be really weird. Um, but hey, you know, we'll see what, you know, we'll see what comes of it. Maybe I am it'll glad, be a, though. Maybe it'll be a Dr. Rolf world for a, a minute. He's very angry with Hope. So, and it all uh, stems to her getting away with murder with Stefano. That's what he said today. He's uh, That's why he's injected her. Oh, so that's okay. See, I didn't see, to, I didn't see today's either. Um, oh, yeah. So. Yeah. She said, yeah, yeah, she thought it, he was going to inject someone else, and then he um, he surprised her, and he's injected her and yelling at her that uh, he's going to get back at her because of Stefano. She got away with murder. <laughs> uh, All right, well, I guess that answers the question. I couldn't Stefano's figure that out either. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, so I, the one big hope. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Carolyn. Finish. Go ahead. His na- his nasty side is uh, is raising its ugly head. <laughs> the one big hope that I have in the time jump, you know, obviously, you know, Chad and Gabby will be back on canvas, um, and will they explain everything that's going on with Chad and Gabby in Paris? Who knows? But the one big hope that I have is that they'll shock the hell out of us. And since me saying this out loud right now, probably would ruin the surprise. But I'm really, really hoping. That it will be, um, it will be bringing EJ and possibly Sammy, but at least EJ back on canvas, and you know, and finishing up that storyline. And you know, if you're listening and you haven't done it, please bring back Susan. We need more Susan. We love Susan. Anything with Susan is good. Bring her back. I agree a thousand percent. You know, I love her. Yeah. David, anything, any final thoughts before we jump to General Hospital? Um, yeah, I did hear what, when the time jump's happening. 
First week in November, right? Isn't that what I heard? I heard around Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I saw a headline or something like that, that it was November, but that's all I know about And something is coming around the first of the year. The big reveal, the first of the year. Mm. We can only hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, just that that's what they said. And, that and actually, from... be- before we jump to General Hospital, have we seen for now the the, the last of Anna and Tony? I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything about I don't that. Know. Have you? No, no, that's why I'm asking. It, you know, they. No, I was. They I was were in the say, thick of the story. David, I haven't seen any more of talking. them. <laughs> um. Well, the last of it was like he got out of jail and they were together, and I'm trying to think their last scene that. I hope it's not it the like last. It was like they were going to get dinner and get busy, and then we never heard from them again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Stephen being shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kristen and him aren't aren't divorced. Well, I guess the marriage is the marriage not valid. No, the marriage must not be valid. Yeah. Well, with Stephen being shot, you know, you would think he'd pop back up, especially you know, to to kind of discuss with yeah, Kristen. Yeah, I know. But, all right. Before we run out of time, let's hop over to Port Charles. Okay. And all right, I guess I'll okay. take the lead on this. It is about to go down in a couple of different areas. Everybody thinks it's the end of of the troubles for Samantha, but no. We're about to see Wave Two come through. We're about to see the fall of Peter. Um, Finn definitely knows that there's something rotten in the state of Hayden. Um I really think General Hospital is trying to to pull all these loose ends, um, yes. loose ends together, and give us a blanket, you know, a blanket resolution to a lot of the storylines that are dangling. Um, I love, of course, the fact that Nell is back on screen and will be sticking around for a while. Um, I think, oh, is she? Yeah, she's going to be around for a couple of months, um, so that's exciting. I think it was a little lackluster how they brought in um, Michael E. Knight, but it's definitely some interesting storyline that he is going to be somewhat the evil lawyer, the sleazy lawyer. Um, Do you think which, he is? You know, because they were so, they were saying he's famous, that he's a a famous lawyer. So I I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because he wins his cases. I mean, does he just like do whatever to win his cases. Um, is that where I, the evil comes in? Yeah, I think he's he's definitely going to be sleazy evil. Um, it, it, you can kind of see it. I mean, look, taking on Nell's case and taking on the Franco thing, um, you know, and the manner in which you know he's he's um, setting up the the court battle for Franco definitely definitely shows. Um, I think he would be perfect perfect to be pitted against um, Alexis in both in the courtroom and, you know, in the bedroom. I don't feel mm-hmm. any chemistry whatsoever with her and the good doctor. 
you know, if he, you know, happened to fall off the dock and into, you know, into uh, Port Charles River and disappeared, I wouldn't mourn him one little bit. Um, and I think that there would be fireworks between the two of them. Um, I'm still very happy for Donna and her surgery. And it was very beautiful the way they brought Mike in. I thought they beat us over the head with the Donna Messina thing a little bit, but, you know, kudos. I mean, that woman had been on the show for, what was it, 40-something years uh, as a makeup <laughs> artist, so I guess she earned, I, earned I that. I think that's kind of a beautiful, beautiful tribute to her, yeah. No, and, and I have a to say, tribute. I was going to say, the only thing that I kind of get like a choked-up feeling every time they say Donna, because that was my mom's name. I'm like, of all the names you had to pick, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I absolutely love that they gave her the middle name of Courtney. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You know, a lot of people speculated that it was going to be Donna Morgan because Morgan can be, you know, male or female. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they went with Courtney. Um, Yeah. I am too. And, um, and I would like to, think like about to point out that, oh, wow, yeah. I'd like to point out um, one thing that I hear from, well, I hear some fan speculation that fans think just because Donna's surgery went well doesn't mean that she's cured of the spina bifida because you don't get, there is an, a cure for it. She's just, you're going to, People are thinking they're they're not going to see her struggle to live, and you will. You you just have but to wait and w- see because if it's anybody listened, if but if anybody listened to what Carly said, she said she didn't know if she was going to be enough to help Donna right. get through life. So that tells yeah. you right there. <laughs> That that operation was not a cure. Yeah, absolutely. She's absolutely. fine for now. I think the people that the people that were saying that were just looking to nitpick at something. General Hospital right. was definitely not saying, you know, this is one and done and we're good. Right. Um. N- yeah. No, they were just looking for something to nitpick. Um. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the big wedding reveal? Well, I, I think... knew Lulu couldn't keep her mouth shut. I just knew it. <laughs> I knew she was going to say it. I'm and, and and I'm torn on my feelings with that because I did want her to do it because it that truth needs to be out there, but right. I don't think that she should have been the one to say it. I think that Sasha should have, you know, she was coming to terms with wanting to talk about it and to tell the truth and, she, you know, talking with Michael about it. I think that she should have done it. Well, Lulu, you know, in Lulu's defense, she had no way of knowing that Sasha was coming to terms and talking to Michael about well, right, it. Right, right. You know, no, I agree with that. Lulu, but I'm just saying I don't know, really like that Lulu was the one to reveal it. No, me either. And, you know, honestly, I would have much rather have seen Lulu go to Sasha, you know, and give mm-hmm. her the ultimatum, either you tell her or I'm going to. Um, right. You know, but that's not, that's not Lulu Spencer talking either. You know, Lulu's always mm-hmm. been impulsive and a little too hot for her britches, 
you know, and they've, they've softened her because, you know, Julie Berman was definitely a harder edged, a harder, um, you know, a, a more dynamic, dramatic actress. Um, but, you know, I will give M. Ryland, you know, when, when push comes to shove and she's got to play it, she does have her own style of playing it. And, um, you know, I wish the writers would have gone in the other direction, but I'm glad it's out. Uh, I'm glad it's out. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting very bored of, you know, the machinations as much as I love Obrick. I'm getting bored of, you know, the behind the scenes machinations of that. I'm getting bored of who is this mystery player, you know, who wants the codicil to the will. And if Valentine is not truly Valentine, let's get it out. Let's get it on the canvas. Let's get it rolling. You know, they've dropped hints in 16 different ways that Nicholas is still alive out there. So yep. let somebody find him and bring him home. Um, that was, is, yeah, that was, that was one of the things that I was going to say is all the Nicholas mentions, it's my, making me nuts. Are you bringing him back or aren't you? Yeah, and if, if Hayden knows about it, um, you know, and has interacted with Laura, Ava, you, you know, everybody on Canvas, you know, and it will be a really, really, really hard pill for General Hospital to sell to the fans. Because they're already on, you know, they're already on the edge of, you know, they're pissed off over the Jason Drew. They're pissed off over Drew, you know, being written off the way he did and now turning Franco mm-hmm. into the new Drew, you know. And if Hayden's known that Nicholas is alive all this time, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's going to be a big backlash on, on General Hospital. Yeah, I it's cannot kind of, yeah. take much more of this Franco-Drew thing. I, I really can't. Um, he needs to get injected, and he needs to be back to Franco, and that's it. I, I just do not. What do what do people call him? Franken Drew or Frankenstein Some, or Franco? You'll hear Franken Drew, Dranko. Oh, well, whatever. I, think it I would just, be very interesting if they did something like Franco's memories come back, but only up to the point where he's still in love with Nina. And he doesn't remember anything about being in love with Elizabeth. You heard, you read that? No, I said I think that would be interesting if that's if they did that. Hmm. Where he's in. See, I see. I think Nina and, and Jax are going to end up together. Do you guys see any salvation for Kim after the storyline is resolved? Is there anywhere else for her to go? I'm actually um, bored to I would tears like with that, to see too. Her go someplace. But, I would like uh, yeah. something different for her. She needs to snap out of it and recreate herself or something. I just, um, you know, that uh, her what her character is doing now along with this, uh, with Franco Drew, I, I'm I'm tired of it. I understand she's going through grief, but this is insanity. Mm-hmm. She needs help big time. Yeah, and it's. I'm gonna say this. I, I'm interested in in your opinions as well. Um, 
it doesn't feel true to me that Julian would throw up his hands and walk away at this point. I think it would have been more believable if Julian went sort of the Elizabeth route and like, you know, you're crazy, babe. I need to get you help. Not, you know, Mm -hmm. you fooled around with the ghost of your ex. Um, I, I, you know, all the bad things I've done in my life, you redeemed me and now I can't accept you because, you know, it just didn't feel, it didn't ring true to me. You want him to fight for Kim? I wanted him to, even if he couldn't get past it, I didn't want him to just throw up his hands and walk away. Like, baby, you're nuts. No, Let's get you I'm, some help. I'm with you, You know, Kevin Collins. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I think that he should have fought behind the scenes for her because he uh, obviously she's not going to listen to him now. But, right. you know, gather all on not gather, but, you know, get together with Liz and with um, Scotty and try to get her help as well as getting help for Franco. Right. Yeah, that would have been a much more interesting storyline to play out. And one mm-hmm. more thing, you know, everybody um, everybody that listens to us regularly knows General Hospital is my show of the four shows. But, oh, my God, please end this Freaking Julian, Brad, if they speak one more time about no one else knowing and how it's going to blow up and this and that, I wish somebody would just come in with like, like a fire torch and just start burning down Charlie's Thank you. Thank and, you. And how many more conversations yep. can we have about this? I Thank think we're you. Gonna have, I think we're getting it for Christmas. Because this is going to play out according, all the way through Christmas, not November sweet. Well, oh God, General a, Hospital, why? Well, I'm I'm going by what Nell said that she could be out sometime in December if this goes well with her parole. Okay, let me ask you two. Did I imagine wasn't Wiley sick like two weeks ago? That there was something that. It, they were looking into like a genetic kind of thing. Did I imagine that two weeks ago? No, I'm, I'm making I'm making light of the two weeks part. But very recently, wasn't there something that they were concerned that he had something genetic? He has the same thing Michael had and the same thing AJ had. Right. And, the thing with the heart. And then they just dropped it. Right. They never mentioned it again. Right. 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 Yeah. Shouldn't that have been? Shouldn't that have been the opening to? How could that be? Since Lucas right. technically is not blood related to Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh yeah, I, I think I know where you're pointing to, where Brad had. Um, Brad had um, Shiloh's um, medical records. He was looking at, and Lucas caught him looking at it, and they were looking at the. At the heart, and they said, "Hey, there's nothing there." Yeah, and then they, did I miss anything? But they never mentioned it again, right? They never mentioned it again. No. Lucas is a doctor. Maybe, maybe been... that's maybe that's something that's going to happen during sweeps, and that's where it's going to culminate with um, with Nell and everything. You know, because maybe he's going to need a heart transplant or who knows what, 
and, you know, it has to be blood-related, and she's going to have to tell mm-hmm. the truth. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good supposition. Yeah, I mean, I don't I know how else you're going to get I'm around it. I'm forward to it. I'm going to be crying my okay. eyes out when Willow finds out the truth. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a tough one. She's already hooked on him. I think they're trying to up the game a little more in her favor before they do anything else. Well, it was it was pretty heartbreaking watching her talking to Wiley saying, uh-huh. you know, I wish that I could tell you I'm your mommy or whatever she had said yeah. at that point and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, Oh boy, wait till she finds out her baby is really dead. Yeah. And then on top of it, to find out that Nina might be her mama. Although I still think they're going to shock us and make Nina Willow's, uh, Nell's mother. Yeah. They did have a Willow and Nina row in that steam room. I think yeah, that's a red herring. I, I do. I think they're, they're yeah. setting it up. Yeah. And I think that, that you know what's going to happen? And, and I'm almost positive, knowing General Hospital for, you know, I'm not going to say how many decades, but I think Nell is going to suddenly have the other half of the heart. Mm-hmm. Because why would they bring that back up out of nowhere yeah. for the wedding? Yeah. Well, maybe just as a gesture as it was, written the way I see it, you know, as a gesture that, yeah, you're my daughter, you're part of the family, you know, we're all getting married, and I don't know. That's how I took it. No, and I think that's how they meant us to take it, but this is this is General Hospital, you know, Ice Princess, uh, you know, the, the monkey boy with one hand, you know, they, they it's gonna, somebody, somebody's got the other half of that heart. It's either Willow yeah. or no. Somebody's got it, and it's going to innocently, we're going to see it innocently, and then all of a sudden all the pieces are going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're down and, to two minutes, so whatever nice else you guys want to bring up. Yep. Um, where are you going this weekend? Who? Oh, Sam. Well, I'm going Pamela. to the GH event. Hello. People, stop calling me Pamela. Or I'm going to hang up on all of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, going to the to GH see event. Pam and girl? Oh, okay. I don't know. A few people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Wes. 90 seconds, the lady is telling me. Wes and Will and, um, oh, my gosh, I can't think. Help me. Wally. Wally. M. Wally Kurth. How could I forget him? Yeah. <laughs> M. M. Yeah. Oh, so it's the three W's. Emmy. Griana. And Maura, Ooh. I think. Yeah, Maura. Maura. Be busy. 
You're going to be busy. That, well, yeah, it makes sense because of Wes. That's an interesting. Wow, you should have fun, girl. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> pop you're gonna pop up the website. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, I just uh, I don't get to go to anything, you know. So this is this is going to be great. Um, I'm not going to the individual. What do you call it? You're going to the VIP. You know, individual meet and greet kind of thing, but I'm in the middle one where I get the photo with all of them. Will DeVry, so? Donnell Turner, Maura West, Wally Kurtz, Wes Ramsey, Emily Ryland, and Brianna, Brianna Nicole Henry. Well, That's what I'm seeing. I'm jealous. I am That's so exciting. jealous. <laughs> all right. Well, and we will be back in two the weeks. show has ended, so we'll just go ahead and say our goodbyes because <laughs> <laughs> I think they can still hear it recording even if it, if yep. we're gone. So thank you, everyone, who tuned in. Thank you to my wonderful co-hosts, um, and we will definitely have Candace with us next time. Uh, thank you to our wonderful guest, Courtney, who is a light on this earth. And uh, everybody have a great night. You too. Good night, everybody, and thank you. Stay soapy. See you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. 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 With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.